Hello everyone, welcome to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Carolyn, it is another day. How's the saying go? Another day. It is indeed. Another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. That's right. <laughs> that sounds too babid for our program, right? It sounds too know. much like the world stuff. I was thinking that's why I'm here. <laughs> what is it? Say something very spiritually inspiring, biblically inspiring. Hmm. Um, this is the day the Lord has made. There you go. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Perfect. Yes. So how are you? I'm doing well. I actually used to quote that to my kids in the morning when they were getting ready for school. So you can imagine how that went over mm. when I went around the yes. house screaming Bible verses. Yes, I was that mom. Yeah. But I'm doing well. And I am excited about this new year, even though there's lots of things going on but um, in the world. Not really personally, but um, I'm excited about it. And I don't think I've shared this with you yet. So... Our listeners will have this surprise, and I guess I need to ask you about it because it requires me being off work. <laughs> but my husband informed me that there is 40, don't get mad at me, Tim, if I don't know exactly, 41 days until we leave for Nicaragua. Oh, wow. Yes. That's so exciting. That's coming up fast. I, for some reason, thought we was going in March. I don't <laughs> I leave all that to him, and then I just show up, you mm -hmm. know, because I, I don't have time for that. So I let him do all that. And so, yes, that's going to be interesting in February. I haven't been in February, so the weather's going to be interesting. Mm. But, yeah, there's lots lots to be excited about. Well, not knowing and anything much about Nicaragua, except what I have picked up by talking to you or listening to you, uh, what is the weather like in Nicaragua in February? Well, I... Is that their summer, I as they say? It. It's our winter. Yeah, and I sort of liken it to when I was there in November. So it's kind of... Um, they let out for school. I think that's their end of year. Oh my gosh. No, that's when they go back to school. Their back-to-school project, yes. Chris and Carmen's going <laughs> to be disappointed at me that I can't remember all this because their schedule's different than ours. So they go back to school... In February and then we do a back-to-school project and so we you know bring them um, and they collect school supplies and, and we fill those and provide them for them uh, I think that it's probably gonna be warm but it's up in the mountains so it gets mm -hmm. chilly at night it mm. gets chilly in the evenings yeah so I'm thinking like maybe 80s during the day and then like maybe 60s in the evening I don't think it's gonna be extraordinarily hot mm -hmm. but um, I think it's going to be warm enough to where we're not like wearing coats. It'll be decent weather to be working outside. Mm. Now, I've been in July, and that's pretty warm. Mm. Not as warm as Vietnam, though. Vietnam is really hot. Mm. So, so I'm told. It, it, <laughs> well, because Tim said, I don't think you could handle it. Yeah. I was like, what does that mean? The heat, the humidity is so bad, so, so different than here. So, but Nicaragua, I can pretty much handle. I mean, it gets 90s, you know, maybe, maybe even close to 100, I don't know, but in July, but. Um, so they kind of follow the same weather pattern we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, sort so of. So are they the Northern Hemisphere or Southern, Southern Hemisphere? They're in the Southern Hemisphere. They're, oh gosh, this is a horrible geography moment. Um, they are. 
close to Honduras, I believe. Mm. They're closer to South <laughs> America. I know. That Tim's, tells me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Tim's been to Honduras. Um, so they're closer to South America than you would think. Because mm-hmm. I know when I went to Barbados, I didn't, until I really looked at a map, I didn't realize how far south we were. I thought, well, we're just off Florida. No, it's way far south. So they are really closer to South America. And the market that they had, the outdoor market, and I can't remember the name of it, uh, it actually burned when they had these wildfires. Mm. But it was the largest outdoor market in South America. Yeah. Central America. Central America. Well, that's where they are. Close yes. to the equator. Yes. 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 So it's... Uh, and then Madagalpa is a huge... Um, it's a big city, but Managua is where we fly into, and that's an even bigger. That's like the capital. That's mm. a really, but yeah, it's going to be decent weather. It's just, um, it's a lot of work crammed into the hours that we're there. So, I'm not really worried about the weather. I'm just worried that like I can do the job because <laughs> every year I'm like, oh, I'm older. But um, it's you know, it's a lot of fun work. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it sounds like it. Tim it, would live there if I would let him. Because <laughs> it's just, again, it's just appealing to him. It or that type to his of work. Heart. Yeah. yeah. And, and the kids, you know, I'd have, he'd come back with 30 kids if I'd let him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, um, it's, it's his, where well, his maybe heart it's a is. calling. Which is interesting because I am the one with the call to missions and he was not. So I, this is like not lost maybe, on me that God has, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Maybe God, God put yeah. him with you just like because George he. Burns, you know, it, like, like, okay, God, yeah, you're not funny. <laughs> and he knew that Tim might be the determining factor. Maybe. Uh, there's Two lots or more of, gather together. You have to agree upon it. But if you should, then... What if you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, loosed earth, loosed in heaven? Maybe you need to go to Nicaragua. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, inclined. Uh, you know, I, I question sometimes the whole pastor thing, right? I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm not called to be a pastor. Uh, but I'm definitely not called to be a missionary. That is a very, very unique breed of person. Yeah. Which kind of is a good segue okay. into... Uh, what I thought might be uh, a good subject uh, for us to discuss on the that was my plan podcast. Yeah, way. you did a wonderful job uh, <laughs> introducing that. So, I guess in terms of then seeing yourself contextually as a missionary, there's probably a lot of characters in the Bible that you could identify with, or maybe have yeah. exercised. Uh, some thought, put mm-hmm. some thought into who mm-hmm. am I really like? Mm-hmm. Or maybe read their stories and said, you know, that sounds like something that we do or have done. Do you yeah. ever kind of say, well, you know, I think I'm a little more like Paul or I'm a little bit more like Timothy or I'm a little bit more like John? I think we all sort of can pick at times, you know, we feel like a certain person, um, Abraham, you know, going, not knowing where he was going. Um, I tend to think about that, uh, you know, and there's different times where I feel like different people. Um, for some reason I was related to David, <laughs> not because of a, in a, uh, uh, hmm famous sort of, you know, man after God's own heart type deal. It was more in the 
the religious part of him that wanted to serve God so bad, but yet he kept messing up. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of relate to that. But uh, yeah, there's characters, well, um, you know, and then there's some that I want to be like, you mm-hmm. know, and I've been compared. Somebody told me I was like Gideon once, and I was like, what, is that a compliment or is that, a, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't want to be a weenie, but sometimes I'm a weenie, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes well, Gideon, like, Gideon wasn't a weenie, I don't think. Well, he ended up not being. <laughs> in the beginning, he was little, and Elijah, you know, and he, um, you know, run away. And, and just, uh, I identify with that sometimes. Well, I agree with your initial premise. And uh, I think that was, a few moments ago, you were saying that probably different times, mm-hmm. different places in different life, seasons, yeah. yes, we can identify mm-hmm. with probably all the characters. And maybe that is a whole message of the Word, is that God's just giving us some sort of uh, way of seeing the different ways the different aspects or parts of our humanity or personality as it would be turned toward God's calling on our life, that He may manifest Himself dependent upon, again, the season that we might Mm -hmm. be in, the stage of life. You know, that idea of of being a man after God's own heart, as with David, you mentioned that. Uh, I probably put a lot of stock in that, is that somewhere inside of us, there is the possibility of being put in a position to be any one of those characters. Or maybe, mm-hmm. depending again upon the stage of our maturity or development, right. not in only human. Tempor- in our temperament, because I heard someone this morning said, talk about uh, John, mm-hmm. James and John, sons of thunder. And he said that's probably, you know, the guy that, um, he was probably the dad that got... You know, thrown out of the game, you know, at the kids' soccer game because he was yelling at the refs. <laughs> and I thought, that's a pretty good analogy. So, you know, they wanted to start trouble. You, you want us to call down thunder and kill him right here? And, you know, that's sometimes that's other people's temperament. That's not really my temperament. So maybe I don't identify with James and John. But certainly I've gotten angry with people and felt like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I think it also goes along with kind of who we are, like our temperament. Well, and and as much as, again, we talk about development and identity and Mm -hmm. personality Mm -hmm. and season and whether it's in human dimension or spiritual maturity or relationship with God, uh, again, the circumstance situation that we're placed in and how those things relate or interact or even people around us. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as, again, Tim may be part of your life to provoke you to be a missionary. Provoke uh, is the key word in that sentence. uh, But... They have an influence as well. But I think probably why that is then so alien for us to think about the possibility that all of those things could come from one place, one source, or that our preferences in human dimension seem to be so far removed from, as you were talking about, thunder, you know, and and maybe that level of emotion or that type of emotion that we equate with that so you can't really identify with the character in the Bible. But I do believe, though, that if we start with the premise that it all leads to Jesus, or that it's all a manifestation of Christ, then at least we understand that inside of us, if it's true that that God has planted within us, or put within us, His heart, and that everything else is just subject to more material element or dimension, Mm -hmm. but the unifying aspect of all of it is Christ or the right. personage of Christ or as within the Bible would call it I think describe it to be the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in us 
then all of a sudden it begins to make sense that at any particular moment of time I could be <laughs> all things in Christ who strengthens me. You could throw the tables over. I could. Right. And that sounds a little thunderous, right? Right. Well, uh, that's what I was just thinking. I thought, yeah. you know, it, it, we may not be the sons of thunder, but we're capable of having that action in us through the Holy Spirit. And and we're capable of it certainly without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that's what would happen if we were left to our own devices, right? Destruction. Um, but even with the Holy Spirit, there can be those moments, because I think about Jesus being angry and, you know, he was. We Unless we paint him like the, you know, the garden where he's knocking at the door picture that we've seen painted. He wasn't always that. And so I'm I think that's wise to sort of realize that Jesus was more than just, you know, the shepherd with the crook and the lamb beside him. And, and he I, was that, but yes. he was so much more. And I think that that is too unnecessary, is that we have to begin with an understanding of who Christ was, mm -hmm. the Son of the living God, and as he's inside of us, as manifest with Holy Spirit, then that's who we are too. And then with that, the outward expression and, and again, the, the uh, testimony in a material dimension, you can't measure that so easily in a material dimension. And it has to be somewhat translatable. It, you have to take the spirit and translate it into a physical dimension. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know that, that when I say it, that seems to make sense. It does to me when it comes out of my mouth. But there's a lot of things that come out of my mouth that seem to make sense. But when I listen to them again, it really doesn't. Amen. Yes, you would, you would second that. I do. That was an opportunity. I know. Thank you. So, so, but what I'm thinking is, isn't that how God created all things? He spoke them into existence. And there is then the dimension of creativity in human regard, because it is always subject to the one inclination, the, the one edict, the one uh, singular voice of God who then speaks it and then it shows itself based on all these other factors, where we are, who we're with, the circumstances, situations, etc., etc. But it can look like a lot of different things. So, you mentioned... <laughs> Uh -oh. <laughs> you mentioned Elijah. You get that crazy look in your eye. Yeah, I'm nervous. well, it's like we're really honing it out. <laughs> you mentioned Elijah earlier. Mm -hmm. I think probably, and you didn't ask me, but of course okay. I'm going to go ahead and share. I think that probably I more often than not, particularly at this particular moment in my life, mm -hmm. would identify with Elijah, um, maybe as with that John the Baptist. Mm hmm and this idea of uh, maybe not only my season individually as a person, but the world that we do live in. You mentioned a new year. You that. mentioned all this that was ahead of you and mm -hmm. excitement and you know, <laughs> another day, another dollar. And then you said... That's why I'm here? Yes. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> but that every day is an opportunity to serve the Lord. And Absolutely. every day is something new that God's going to bring to us. And that's a choice to see it that way. You right. know, I don't just wake up and think that. Well, and I think that that's... Because we can look at the around us and see, you know... I think that's why I kind of identify with Elijah. Mm -hmm. And as much as, again, uh, there is Elijah, there is also Elisha. And, and with that, there is plenty of opportunity for me mm -hmm. 
to kind of sometimes get confused between the two because the two not only sound a lot alike, right. but a lot of their miracles that they performed, a lot of the things that they were doing in the time that God put them mm-hmm. within context of the time or of time mm-hmm. that they were on this earth, uh, they were contending with probably a similar culture, I think, a similar to world where we are. Uh, as to where we are, uh, I don't. It's, even as I say that again, coming out of my mouth, it seems like I know it's coming from my brain. It seems like it. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit. But it seems like it makes sense when I say it. But when I hear myself say it, I'm not even sure that that makes much sense. But I thought about that. I thought Elijah was speaking to a people, Ahab, mm-hmm. as one. We I most commonly think of. Uh, as contending with during a time where Israel certainly had fallen away. Mm -hmm. And with that, then he was struggling to reestablish God's Word. And I don't know that miracles necessarily have to come from a circumstance like that, where there's so much darkness or where people have gotten lost, Mm -hmm. or a singular voice like Elijah in that prophetic sort of way resonates. But I do think sometimes that's when we either hear it the most, recognize it the most. When everybody's doing really, really well, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all going to church, we're all right where we're supposed to be, Uh, we celebrate all the holidays that are Christian and, you know, like our society in an idyllic idyllic sort of way used to be. You know, it's a little easier to kind of not necessarily pay so much attention to the hellfire brimstone sort of messaging, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because most people were sort of in that right place. There was still a loss, but we were a Christian nation. We stood for something. Mm-hmm. But I think the decline, certainly sure. in the United States, mm-hmm. parallels that of Israel. And when I think of Elijah, I think of those prophets of Baal. That's, I mean, I, I know there's other scenes and situations, but I, I think about that when I think of him. You know, I just think of him being this strong word, this man that just brings, you know, kind of like John the Baptist, just brings this message. And it's like, you better listen to this because this is real. This is what's really going to happen. And they didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want to hear it. But he, you know, and he prayed... I will say he prayed a short, you know, he didn't go in a closet for five days. I mean, he just prayed a short prayer. And look at the miracle that happened there in that, in that day. And so there was a lot. That could be a whole podcast well, and, about that miracle. Right. And, and, and <laughs> you don't know where we're going. My mind is taking me to a certain place. I had prayed about this, what we were going to talk about, certainly, and done some preparation toward the end of commute, but I didn't script it, mm-hmm. so I don't know where we're going to end up. Right. But it, you can get into all sorts of different nuances, but I think the point is, in darkness, then the light stands out the most. Mm-hmm. And usually it is the thing as with the testimony, as with that light, that the darkness wants to put out or to sort of mute or to shut up. Right, right. And with that, I think we're living in a time that truth, anyone who speaks truth, certainly within the biblical context, much like Elijah, is going to have some degree of impact. Mm -hmm. 
Now, is it the only reason for the miracles? No. Were they necessary? Yes. Was it to get people's attention? Uh, only God would know. Maybe it was partly that, but the light. Maybe it was also some degree of judgment that God was metering out or at least establishing in that light sort of way. The consequences of the decadence, the falling into that apostasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all of that's important. Even today, as I'm identifying with Elijah, probably why he's prominent. There was a time I would have told you Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. times that I've identified with King David. Um, I don't know about Gideon. He was a wiener? Is that what you call him? <laughs> Weenie! A weenie! But I don't think... But he became strong. He it did. was The point was that he was strong anyway, but he didn't believe it. So that was what they were trying to tell me, that I was strong on the inside, but I didn't necessarily believe it. So, But I I'm teasing, of course, now. because I, I, I have thought about Gideon. And, and who would not read the Bible? And at some point, if they really read it... Mm-hmm in this available, open sort of mind, mindset, wouldn't identify mm-hmm. with the character, the person that they're reading about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just human nature to identify, to understand. You All have right. to kind of try to understand not only the character, the emotions, the thoughts. And the Bible is wonderful. And maybe that is the point, too, because inside of us all is the central spirit, again, the Holy Spirit, that brings all these different dimensions. And maybe one day we'll be asked to be Gideon, or maybe one day we'll be asked to be Elijah, maybe one day we'll be asked to be John, maybe one day we'll be asked to be Jesus. Parables is what makes me think of that, and how Jesus talked in stories that we can relate to. Yes. Well, I mean, it had to be communicated in some Mm -hmm. fashion. But certainly Elijah had his place. Mm-hmm. And in that same sort of manner or way, he was in a, 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 a culture of darkness. And uh, more than that, there was evil that was coming against him. And uh, God, and he was God's man. But getting back to then this idea of Elijah and Elisha, or Elisha, uh, and why I get confused. Because I read about Elisha, and Elisha doesn't only sound a lot like Elijah, and that's why I try to use the sh rather than the because it's hard to distinguish the two. Mm-hmm. And to the extent or degree that we know the double portion, we right. know the mantle was passed down, right. we know that Elijah had to come off the mountain, uh, and it was all of godly ordination uh, that, that Elisha would accept that or assume that mantle, mm-hmm. desire it. Uh, and that he would get the double portion. A lot of their miracles were the same. Uh, I don't say that they're identical. Although the one that trips me up the most is the oil and the I was widow. Just thinking that because I those two are thinking. so alike. And, yeah. and I think I've even on the program podcast uh, gotten the two confused as far as names. But the idea, though, is is that if you think about that, and if you look at that template, <laughs> I did go online and capture the miracles. Oh boy! But here we go. Elijah, Elisha did a lot of the same sorts of miracles, overlapping some so close that it's hard to, to and without really concentrating, to always be able to remember which was which. But I began to think about Moses mm-hmm. in the miracles, and then I began to think about Jesus in the miracles, and you know, the template is there. I know Jesus wasn't Moses, Right. But I think there was a part of 
Moses, Jesus was already in him. It just had not manifested. The Holy Spirit had not been to the point of light, light yeah. uh, awareness, mm-hmm. truth. Uh, Excuse me. I, I want to say something more than use, uh, using human adjectives or terms to describe it because I don't want it to, to humanize it. Uh, but but the awareness wasn't there in Moses. Mm-hmm. But Jesus was there in Moses. The right. Holy Spirit was right. there. It just he had not manifested. God had not manifested Himself in that mm-hmm. manner or way. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about that. I thought, well, they also look an awful lot like Elijah and Elisha. And of course, Jesus was the culmination of all that. In that he had certainly more of the miracles. And with that, it was more ministry-oriented. But I got to thinking, when I compare Elijah and Elisha in that sort of manner or way, it's got the whole message of Christ in it. Mm. And and with that, even more specifically, if if I didn't know better, and I studied this, I had to go a little deeper into this one, they're two completely different people. Mm-hmm. But they really could be said to be the same uh, in this way. Elijah was more along that line of the Old Testament. Elijah was a more along that line of the person who just because God said it, mm-hmm. right. he was going to do it. Yeah. And even this Tishbite thing, there's some conjecture as to what that means. Was it a particular geographical area or region he was from? And I think most people accept that but as that. But I've also discovered in doing the little bit of research I did that Tishbite was a nickname that they gave babies. Now, I'm not saying that Elijah was immature or a baby. Mm-hmm. But if you compared him to Elisha, and then the double portion that Elisha had, you could begin to see where the foundation that Elijah had established, the mantle, it was right the there. And in a direct sort of way, mm-hmm. the two worlds came together, mm-hmm. and there was a moment of, of Elijah being taken up as in a whirlwind of fire. Mm-hmm. And then with that, the mantle was passed on. And with that, the Holy Spirit began to manifest himself even more so with Elisha than Elijah. Not saying that it wasn't, as you said, incredibly dramatic and profound. Mm -hmm. Maybe because they were in such darkness. Elisha was also ministering to Israel. He had this at the same that Judah was going to follow. They were a little bit slower getting there. Uh, They were more merciful, God was more merciful, uh, gracious toward them, the line of the tribe of Judah, so there's some significance to that. David, by that point, that was really the house of David, mm-hmm. was Judah. Right. But Israel, though, was the first to fall mm-hmm. into such depths of apostasy. Mm-hmm. But Elisha was doing the same thing with Ahab, or with that lineage of kings, uh, family, as it would have been Elijah. Elijah. Mm-hmm. And, and this notion, too, that if Elijah was more immature, or at least like Moses, mm-hmm. comparative to Jesus, just didn't understand it, right there we have that idea of the anointing or the Holy Spirit, as with Christ. And as Jesus was taken up, as in not a whirlwind of fire, but right. as up into heaven, right. and and 
as the Mount of, Man, uh, Mount of Transfiguration. He was transfigured. Uh, it's just really interesting to think that even in the Old Testament, there was not only the prefigurement of Christ, mm -hmm. the angel of the Lord, so to speak, mm -hmm. sort of manifest, but that really in this one person or this these two people, there's almost like the youth the early parts of our understanding, awareness, and I think we all have to kind of go through that within a human dimension. Right. But there was the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Elisha operated more out of the Holy Spirit even than Elijah did. Like the apostles after Jesus. Yes. The Acts. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's incredible when you begin to understand that because then it makes me feel a bit better that sometimes they get their days confused in the miracles. Because really, in that way, it is all Jesus. It's just our awareness and where we are at a particular moment in human history, mm -hmm. individually, a human's dimension right. of growth and development, spiritual, biological, bodily, and then spiritual maturity we may not be able to really understand or see it in the same context, but once you begin to operate within that context, mm -hmm. that mantle pass on to you, why would we not expect double measure, double portion, even talk about Job? It's the same message as Job. Hmm. When you get to the point where you begin to really desire and want the mantle, and when you begin to, you recognize who the Christ is, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you begin to realize it was God who revealed himself, but he's doing it from within you, but you've gone to another level mm -hmm. of not only understanding comprehension in a human dimension, but probably spiritual. with that then spiritual and then spiritual operations. Elijah and Elisha were different. Different persons, I'm pretty confirmed in that, but they represented almost the same as one. Mm -hmm. It's like the name change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jacob right. went to Israel. Mm -hmm. Same person. New it's person. like Abraham. You mentioned Abraham mm -hmm. being called of God. Mm -hmm. it, it isn't far-fetched to think that's what it's supposed to be like. That's what it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. When you do seek that mantle. And it changes the person. It's almost We're like Elijah and Elisha. If you just kind of saw them as one in Christ. That's what I'm. That's my whole foundation. Right. My thesis here is in Christ. We are all one and the same. But you could see in my early parts of my life. I probably was more like Elijah. Mm -hmm. But once I really got the message of Jesus and salvation. All of a sudden I began. You're Paul. And or Elisha yeah, when yeah. it's compared to Elijah. Yeah, right. I began to operate. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no coincidence either that Elijah had a lot of hair and I think Elisha was bald. Yeah. Now, I hope the day doesn't come when I become bald. <laughs> but, but if it should, then that, even that sort of creates a template. And more bold. I love this. <laughs> Well, I don't love it, but I find it kind of amusing. And, and sometimes I read, there's, was it Micaiah? There's some characters in the Bible, and they don't have big major roles, but you see that, you know... Minor prophets. The, yes, they have a little bit of a sense of humor, and you kind of can gather that. And it, well, wasn't Alicia, they called it Baldy, the kids? Yeah. And then they got, <laughs> and then they got their due. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, 
the company of the prophets of Jericho I went up to and I've said Elisha until I heard you say Elisha so now I'm perplexed what I'm supposed to call him and asked him do you know the Lord's going to take your master from you today and he said yes I know so be quiet <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then somebody else asked him the same thing, and he told them the same thing, which is kind of funny. But he was uh, steadfast, and in, in right after that, Elijah said, God sent him in the Jordan. And he's like, well, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going with you. So, you know, they they went, and we don't know how Elijah took that. But he was determined. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was on point, as they say, you know, he was uh, ready to be with Elijah no matter what. I just like that because he's so uh, determined to be his follower. And boy, if we were that determined. Oh, absolutely. And with that, had the revelation that we're talking about. Right. So I'm going to read some of these miracles of Elijah. Caused the rain and uh, brought a drought. Ravens fed Elijah. Yes. Flour and oil never run out. Elijah revives the widow's son. Elijah prays fire from heaven. Elijah releases rain from heaven and ends the drought. Elijah outruns Ahab. God's food and drink strengthens Elijah for 40 days and nights. And I could give the verses... If that would be, uh, if folks would be interested, we can maybe send them a copy of that, but I'm not going to do that right at the moment. Uh, Elijah releases fire that consumes the first captain and his men. Elijah releases fire that consumes the second captain and his men. Elijah divides the water in the river. Now, I'm not going to say all of that is only about Elijah saving his own skin. Mm-mm. But I am going to say a lot of that is about Elijah and his needs. And how God met those needs. And even the miracles that Elijah was performing was to a people that had no other way to get their needs met other than to realize God provides and takes care of. Mm -hmm. And again, the distinction would be, this is what you get out of yourself, humanism, Mm -hmm. that whole apostasy thing, Israel, and Ahab, the prophets of Baal, Jezebel, all of that. And this is what you get out of God. Mm-hmm. And God made that real clear. Life. Now I'm going to read some of these miracles of Elisha. Elisha divides the water in the river. <laughs> a lot of rain and drought and water. Elisha heals the water of Jericho. Elisha cures youth and 42 get killed. Elisha decrees water to come. Elisha and the widow's oil. Elisha decrees the sun be given to the shum. Shunammite woman. Elisha revives the son of the Shunammite woman. Elisha purifies the pot of stew. Oh, yes. We have how we (laughs) forget these things. So many. Uh, food multiplied. Naaman's leprosy healed. Elisha decrees leprosy over Gehazi because of his greed. The floating axe head. Elisha warns the king of Israel about the Syrians. Elisha's servants' eyes are opened. Syrians being blinded. Syrians being healed from blindness. Syrians flee. King Ben-Hadad dies according to God's word. Haziel becomes king according to God's word. Man revived by touching Elisha's dead body. And I think I got one more here. Yes. Israel recaptures cities from Syria according to God's word. Now, I'm not saying that's more Jesus miracles, right, than Moses miracles. But Moses did the same thing. It was all about provision for the people. Mm-hmm. And God got a little upset because they kept messing around with the other gods. Right. They didn't get the message. Right. But I am saying this. I think there's a pattern with Elisha of more the ministry that would be according to Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
The manifestation of this is what happens when you understand where it comes from, what's necessary so that you would then in your understanding be able to cooperate with God and His will, then these great things can happen. You can really allow the Holy Spirit to be freed within you so that you then may manifest all of this ministry unto other people. Taking care of other people. Not being so selfish about your own salvation. Once that's secured, then you can go about ministering to others. Mm-hmm. Without that, and that's really where I think the devil usually trips us all up. If there's any temptation, so I'm not going to make it. This isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. This I'm failing now. Uh, <laughs> I've failed you, God. I'm the only one left. Right. And I've oh, failed yeah. you, God. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we discover mm-hmm. that somewhere between there and really getting to the place of great confidence, we have to establish God is our foundation. Right. And even as Jesus faced his own death, maybe it was that notion that somewhere when you face that and you begin to realize, I'm trying to make application, to do this translation thing, mm-hmm. you begin to realize it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's already secured. It's not that it's not about you. It's just not about you. Right. Because God has already secured you in Christ. Mm -hmm. Then whatever the devil might use, even to threaten you with your own death, can't stop you. I think Elijah learned that on that mountaintop that day. And when he came off the mountain, that small, still voice, the Holy Spirit was speaking loudly to him. Mm -hmm. And as with Jesus, he went up as in a whirlwind of fire. Right? Right. And pass the mantle to Elisha. But Elisha had enough confidence in what he saw and what he knew in Elijah that he just continued where Elijah left off. It was the same miracle power, Old Testament, New Testament. Both are valid. Both work. It just was the perfection of it. Elisha operated in the hinder parts. The glory of the Lord. I mean, remember Moses on the mountaintop? You can only see the hydro parts of God. Mm-hmm. I speculate yeah. hidden in the cleft of the rock because he could not see that element of his own death, mm. his own failure. He could not face the crucifixion mm-hmm. and overcome it. But I began to think, well, you know, this could be the same person. It's two different persons. We see it generationally passed on. Mm-hmm. But it, it really is the full culmination of that is in Christ. Is it coming out of my brain through my mouth? Yeah. Clearly enough. I believe so. And that's something I don't know that I've ever heard anybody articulate. But it does make perfect sense in that it's the culmination of what was started. And I just, I go back to that correlation of the apostles. And even in death, even in Elisha's death, people were saved. I mean, it's not lost, you know. So I... I just think it's pretty amazing how God not only used them, but just to even relate that to us well, today. Even this idea of bringing the dead to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other scripture that I know, another character in the Bible that has had the power to bring the dead to life. Right. And I'm not saying Elijah possessed that singularly or that Elisha possessed that. I mean, they threw that guy into his grave. I guess they didn't want to dig another one. And he's come back to life. Right. You know, it's like the widow's son. Mm-hmm. Shumite, Shunammite woman. The idea is that God, Jesus, 
was already there in those two. God was showing us even in right. the Old Testament, yeah. and particularly Israel. And, and it stuck out like a sore thumb. I know that, that that probably isn't the most eloquent way to describe it. But it was so obvious that everything else with death that was going on around them, why would they not be like Elisha? Mm -hmm. Why would they not recognize this Baal stuff, this false oh, God stuff, yeah. this human stuff, mm -hmm. this human dimension, was never going to bring them anything but death. They were not going to find life in that. Much more so, the life that they had in material dimension even, was going to be filled with this threat of intruders. The little statues. The Syrians. They were going to come in from other right. countries around you. They're going to take over. They were going to somehow destroy you and kill you. That's the only thing that I think is really God's judgment in this whole thing that we're living in, the culture we're living out. This, this is where I identify with Elijah. I would not say this is prophetic, but I mean this is like something that, that struck me. He's, he's calling us out as Christians. What are we? Are we a Muppet or a man? Mm -hmm. I, know, I love story I kids. Yeah. But are, what are we? Right. I mean, are, yeah. we, are we really mm -hmm. what we say that we are? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to let all this stuff intimidate us? Right. Like and then we're going to run years. for cover. Right. We're going to go ahead and worship. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't, we're not going to really protest it. Mm -hmm. We're going to water it all down. Oh. And let another law pass that says something else is, you know, ungodly or taken away from us. And then we'll complain about it because it's wrong. How did this happen? Well, I think we were kind of sitting by when it happened and <laughs> we weren't really doing anything about it. Well, we should be ministering. We should be missionaries. Right. right. See, now, that's a wonderful compliment to you because in juxtapositioning, contradiction. I said, you never get me to be a missionary. You never get me to be a pastor. I want to be Elijah because it's easy to, de to deliver the word, but it's hard to translate that in tangible ways mm -hmm. to a world that is in darkness and is dying. That requires the Holy Spirit and it requires an appreciation of the template. Mm-hmm. Now, it's more than a template. It's God's Word. But he right. put it in. He wrote the book, right? He put right. this all in. But I've got to believe, not mm -hmm. generationally, mm -hmm. I've got For to believe. i got to believe inside of me is right. the power to be whatever God's called me to be in the moment that I am in mm -hmm. so that I might fulfill his calling, his purposes on my life. Now, I'd love to be that individual, right, that could bring fire down from heaven but I also love to be the person that can bring people back to life. I'd love to be the person that otherwise can heal the, the sickness, the, the purify the waters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the people. I'd love to be the person to redeem a nation, a, a people's. I'd love to be the person to remind them of who God is. And maybe he will allow me to be that. But even if I'm not that, I know I need to be, I want to be, like Alicia, I want the mantle. Right. And you may only measure it in, what did you tell your kids whenever they were small and they'd wake up and you start preaching? Oh. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And why can we have that confidence? Mm -hmm. Because you're a person for all seasons. 
Christ in you. Mm -hmm. The hope of glory. All of that becomes real, tangible, because you believe. Mm -hmm. And the mantle has been passed on to you. Yes, you learned the Old Testament. Yes, you studied the Bible. Yes, you got the rules down. Mm -hmm. Yes, you even did that thing of judging yourself to make sure that you were doing it right. But somewhere along the way, thank God, more than just the rules... You found the faith, the confidence to step out and just begin to trust. You didn't have to put it on. You just had to allow it to come out. Hmm. That's beautiful. And that's what can happen for everybody. That's the beautiful part of God is the Holy Spirit doesn't pick and choose who could be Elisha. When you were saying that about the things you wanted to do, in my mind I was thinking, how do you know you're not doing that already? In your own sphere of influence. How do we know we're not? God brought that back to my memory. And, you know, you're, you're around different people in different seasons of your life for a reason. I believe that. People kind of intersect your life and maybe it's just for time. And it was like God was reminding me of these people and the influence that, that I had, that I feel like I had, but I felt like God was kind of confirming to me for that season. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. And I was thinking about when we get to heaven... You know, will we, of course, we'll know all things, but when we see people, you know, will it click? Like, you know, that's that's why you were in my life. That's why you were there. That's why, you know, we intersected. That miracle happened. And I just think it's really cool. It is, we'll never understand God completely, but just the Elijah-Elisha comparison is just beautiful. Well, and, and I think it, it resonates. Mm-hmm. I think that's why you're saying that. But because how you it, articulated it, it that, that just made sense. But it resonates. Right. Because you don't know when that moment's going to happen. You just know as it's happening, hopefully. Right. You get to the place of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. This is one of those holy ground moments. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Moses went up on that mountaintop not expecting to see anything. You know, in the way of the Mount of Transfiguration or the way of this transfiguring God's translation of the Spirit into material dimension and back into Spirit. But I think he, I don't know, I mean, it's the same kind of thought. I think I've mentioned this on the program before, podcast before, that sometimes I wonder if the Mount of Transfiguration isn't also the same mount that Moses met with God on and might even be, in that same sort of way, the same mount as Elijah had his conversation with God. Now, I don't know enough about <laughs> Scripture to be able to tell you the different mountains, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I will hopefully one day, maybe I'm that... I'm trying to think if I knew that. There's some mountain I just heard recently that was like, and did you know that was the same mountain, such and such? And I was like, hmm. It's important. I yeah. know it is, oh, but yeah. it's detailed stuff that my right. mind is not quite there yet. Right. Right? And maybe one day as I begin to eat, God backfills all the details mm-hmm. in. I, at least I, I'm hoping that I've got the general picture. But Moses couldn't see it. But he did see it the day when Jesus, Peter, James, and John, and who else? Elijah was on that mountain. Mm -hmm. You can't curse Elijah. Right. It wasn't Elisha on the mountain. Right? It was Elijah. Why Elijah? Because he was the first. Mm Mm-hmm. He had to do all the struggle. He had to go through all of that of learning about Heavy God. <laughs> yes. And Elisha, I don't know, in that same sort of way, if he had the same level of audience with God. 
Which doesn't mean Elisha wasn't powerful. It doesn't mean Elisha was any less secure. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen to Elisha. It just happened through Elijah, but more than through Elijah and the passing on the mantle. It happens certainly through Jesus, but more than, dare I say it, more than even knowing Jesus as a person, it's the Holy Spirit. Right. That's the connector. Right. Jesus is just the full manifestation of that. Mm -hmm. One day, I hope, I will have my Mount of Transfiguration experience, but I won't have to be hidden in the cleft of the rock. Mm -hmm. I won't have to ask God, well, God, help me because I really don't understand this. Well, show me your glory. Mm -hmm. What does that really mean? So that I understand how the Old Testament and New Testament fit together rightly or how I need to minister that correctly. But I can tell you this, lest the details would get me all confused. Because I could chase it down from all the material details and circumstances. The one thing that I know I can always go back to is the Holy Spirit that is in me. Because it's the same Holy Spirit in me that was in Adam. It just took all those generations for God to reveal himself in such a way that he could get my, not only attention in darkness, the light in the darkness, mm -hmm. but my cooperation. Mm -hmm. And why would I not want to be transfigured? Why would I not want to go up as a whirlwind of fire? Why would I want to even expect that I'm going to be put in the grave or have to subject myself to any more dying to self than I already have had to subject myself to so that I might then otherwise give myself to not only life, but to Christ. Hmm. Those are good questions. Well, you know, that's the thing. Those are good questions, but they're hard questions. So why can't we be like Elisha and see all those things and then say, I want that. I want double that. You just have to be Tim. No. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, girl. And that's the way it is with God, right? I know, I know. He says it to us, and then we're like, I don't, I, I want the easy way. I don't want the hard path. So I don't want to you're going that. up on a mountain yeah. in Nicaragua. <laughs> and Tim would live there yeah. if he could. <laughs> because it's ministry. Now, I'm not saying that the, that's the only place for ministry. And I'm not saying that that would be a moment. They couldn't stay on the mountaintop. I mean, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. They had to come off. Right. Because the ministry really was well, in the valley. Well, and he can't stay in Nicaragua. No. He has to come yeah, home. That's right. The ministry is in the valleys. The ministry yeah. is in the darkness. Right. The ministry right. is in the masses. The ministry is not to be scared of what's coming into your country. Mm -hmm. Not to be scared for who's going to dominate or control your country. To be scared for not knowing Jesus Christ. Right. Not having the Holy Spirit alive in you in the way that you would be able to know His voice and not being scared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes not being wake scared. Up Sometimes you need a wake-up call in that. I remember, and this is a very shallow <laughs> example, which I'm only sharing it because it has such an impact on me. But I was reading those Left Behind books, and you know Jerry Jenkins, Tim LaHaye wrote those, that series, and it was really popular. But I remember when it got to that one book, The Mark, and it was really serious, and it was, you know, Discussing, which the Bible talks about, but in, in Scripture mentions what will happen, but it went in great detail because it was a fictional book. And, but I remember being not just touched by that, but really motivated and and just a renewed 
concern for my lost loved ones because it was brought fresh in my mind. This is, this is the reality. You know, we can turn on the news and we think that that's reality. And it is to an extent, like the world we live in, right? We can touch the table, we can touch our phones. But the spiritual reality is the reality. So it's kind of like the matrix, like we're in, you know, <laughs> we're in this, this uh, what is it, this vapor, you know, but that is the reality. And so it just kind of shook me. And I just remember feeling this urgency to reach lost people because I know the end of the story. And for me, it's a good ending. For some people, not so much. <laughs> well, the good news is if you're hungry... Go find something to eat. Mm -hmm. If you're thirsty, go find something to drink. If you're living in a country that's in a state of drought, hopefully don't leave the country, but help the country to understand where the refreshment is. Mm -hmm. and, and I bring it back to those primary sort of drives because it's no more difficult than that. It's just when you put that first... Mm -hmm. And when you make that everything, literally, about food and water and security in that sort of way, then you miss the opportunity to take a chance. Mm -hmm. Because all of those things require you to go do something different. Right. If you're so bound to a circumstance or situation, you can't do something different, then you're going to miss out. Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to pass by. It won't be the only time, right? Or he's going to speak to you in that way. It won't be the only time. But if you're not prepared, if you're not eager, if you're not excited, if you don't look at it in that sort of way, you're going to miss that opportunity. It's funny that you say that because <laughs> shortly after that, after that experience, when I, I felt this renewed sense and, and almost like an obligation, you know, I was really um, intense in prayer about this. But then I realized... <laughs> And, and I don't know if, if anybody else had this experience, but I had to be the one to change. The Holy Spirit was going to go by, but the thoughts and feelings that I had towards those lost people had to change. And it was then, when I changed, that they actually came to me and said, you don't seem the same Maybe, I don't want to say judgmental, but you just don't have that judgment on you like other Christians. And that was actually said to me. And over a course of years, you know, and I still pray for that same, you know, person. But I realized God doesn't change. He's still the same. But my expectation, my ideas, my thoughts, my words, my actions and behaviors had to change. And... It wasn't until then that really they started seeing God for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to me because I was praying for God to have this movement, but really it was it was not so much. It wasn't about me. It was just the fact that when I changed my perception on how it should go, then you know my my candle. Maybe I was maybe I had a bullhorn instead of a light, mm -hmm. and so when the light shone. And then that's when the Holy Spirit really spoke. And the thunder could be just like that, a bullhorn. And, and I do think that, again, for the sake of attention, sometimes you are. And then maybe you don't even tend to be a bullhorn. 
but everybody else is in such darkness or doesn't want to hear the truth that even if you speak it at at just a reasonable sort of level, you're going to be labeled somebody of of, uh, heresy, of being overly dramatic, over well, the top. Light it. I mean, the lighting the fire. I mean that, and the, that water. I didn't know that till recently, like past couple of years. That the water, um, where they were in that drought. When you mentioned mm-hmm. a drought, you know that was, and there was so much water mm-hmm. brought in. So where they get where they get that water from? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that was a big deal. It and was the fire. I mean, that's pretty dramatic. Yes. <laughs> But what's even more dramatic is the fire, the candle that's in your heart that never goes out. Mm-hmm. That the world can't put out. Right. That That's really the outward... We have outward... to believe that, though. Do huh? you think everybody believes that? Well, I don't when I think about going bald, right? Old baldy. Or, Carolyn, the bad news is you're going to go bald. But the good news is, is that your candlelight is never going to go out because more than whatever happens to your flesh... Whatever happens to your body, and it's going to happen to all of us. Sure. I don't know that you'll ever go bald. Women go bald, though. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's worse things than going bald. Yes. And, you know, God doesn't curse you because you get bad at the kids who make fun of you. No, I would never do that, and I would never I wish ill. <laughs> but but <laughs> you can think about it, but just don't do it. But my point is, though, when you get to that place where you fail to realize that it's not about the outward manifestation. And even for characters who we admire and respect, like Alicia, mm-hmm. right? Or Elijah. Mm-hmm. All those acts. And... Yes. The idea, though, is, is not that that should be celebrated, but that's not the curse. They didn't get cursed because of that, because that was where they were, mm-hmm. the season they were in. Or even as they were speaking to a particular group of people, that was the only language that they could hear. Right. And certainly in the end... God would know in his providence who's going to be saved and who isn't. I mean, the word does. A lot of people died. And now I read that. So it's hard for me to read when God said, go kill them all. But it's not children. the soul because the soul is reclaimed in God. Mm-hmm. But it is the flesh. And with that, then, those that are lost, that have only the flesh or have retreated entirely to just their human dimension. That's mm-hmm. all they got. They don't have mm-hmm. the supernatural. Right. God brought life to them with, Mm -hmm. right? They've kind of killed it, grieved it, Holy Spirit. Right. Then certainly they're going to die, but God already knows. Mm -hmm. I know that that sounds so easy to fall out of my mouth, and it sounds like, well, yeah, but that's like, who are you? Or who are you? Or where are you coming from? Or why do you? Well, I don't judge them. I just trust that God's going to judge them. Mm -hmm. But the power in you is not you. It's not Elijah, it's not Elisha, it's not even Moses, Elijah, it's not even in this way, Jesus, the man. It is the Holy Spirit and then manifested Mm -hmm. in Jesus, the Christ. Because there's a lot of Jesus or Jesus. Mm -hmm. They don't call themselves Jesus, I guess. They call them Jesus. Maybe some in some sort of antichrist sort of measure or sacrilegious sort of measure go around calling themselves. Somebody's probably named their kid Jesus. But the idea, though, is even in the name of Jesus, if it isn't Jesus the Christ in a human dimension, it doesn't have the power. But what brings the power to Jesus the Christ is the power Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm which was a mantle that he inherited, which he earned because he was there, as you explained in previous podcasts, from the very beginning. Right. right. He is the tree of life. Mm-hmm. He's already done it. He's paid the price. He's shown the way. 
It just took us all these generations from Adam to understand it well enough and to cooperate. But I am thankful for those who went before me. Right. I am thankful as I read the Bible, I can identify with all those characters. I am thankful that I can see not the person, mm -hmm. but I can see the Holy Spirit. I can see Jesus manifest in every single one of them, even beginning with Adam. It just wasn't perfected until Jesus. Right. But it's the same spirit because he is life. Mm -hmm. He is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so for me, accepting Jesus is not the man Jesus. It's ex accepting Jesus that I know to be the Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know him to be the Christ because he bears witness of that light, John, within him. Mm -hmm. Shines. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And that light, I just think about Elisha seeing Elijah, seeing all that. And, I, and, you know, we don't know if he put him on a pedestal at some point, but he wanted that Holy Spirit. He wanted what Elijah had. And that, to me, is just awesome in that we can have the same thing and we can... What is it that you can do things and even greater things than these? Yes. And why don't we see that today? Why do we not see those things? Is it because we don't believe it? Because we don't think that we're worthy enough to do something like that or we're not qualified? But I just believe that, you know, when we seek it and when we seek Him, we're going to find Him. Yeah. And awesome things can happen because of that. So. Well, we're all preoccupied with ourselves. Right. It's all about us in a human dimension. Mm -hmm. And I don't even curse that. I mean, kids are that way. I mean, kids, it's all about them. It's well, just it's our human nature. It's yeah. the fallen nature. But it is that point in everyone's life when we have to be like Alicia and have to say, no, it really isn't about me. And I mm -hmm. have to accept it's not about me. Mm -hmm. And the freedom. The freedom. Not only the confidence that if it's about God and He's put His life in me and He's given me His Son, Jesus, so that I might understand it and Jesus the Christ, so that I might find rejuvenation, redemption, salvation, that that, that Spirit can be stirred up in me and that, that He can bring that gift out of me in that way by entering into my heart. Then when I'm a teenager or at the age of accountability, mm -hmm. that's I think what we used to call it, Right. what that means is that I become responsible then for what I do with that childish notion. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Right. And it's more than even just being about Jesus as in the image of Jesus. It's about the heart. Mm-hmm. It's like you said about David. It is awesome to identify, and not pretentiously, presumptively, to be a person after God's own heart. Because I think that that's what that was. David did all kinds of things he wasn't supposed to do, but it didn't disqualify him in God's mm -hmm. eyes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying David was Jesus, but I am saying this. I'm not sure the heart of David, the real soul, the divine nature was any different than that was in Jesus. Jesus just manifested that in perfection so that we would know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Now, did it require a lot in human dimension? Certainly, he was human. 
But thank God it doesn't require anything more for me than it did for him. Not to lessen Jesus, but just to be thankful. I don't have to make myself Jesus or the Christ. I just have to allow what Jesus has already done, the mantle, to be passed on to me. And I do have to kind Thank of God. rein in my flesh a little bit and mm-hmm. not indulge it too much and not go around saying, oh, I'm entitled to this because, you know, I just need to accept mm-hmm. as with a humble heart, with humility, mm-hmm. it's a gift. I don't earn it. It's a gift of God. Mm-hmm. And when we turn it into anything else other than a gift, if we've tried to earn it or if we think we deserve it, then it messes up the whole concept of the gift. Yeah. Which is easy to do. I'm not saying I haven't done those things. And that's our human nature. We want to take it and, you know, well, I deserve this. Or, you know, I've been so good, I earned this. And that's just not how it works. And and Jesus showed that, I think, throughout the New Testament. But he speaks it to us in the Holy Spirit too. I mean, there's been times when I've just been driving down the road. Some of my best prayer times have been in the car driving down the road. So don't ever think you have to be in the prayer closet for God to speak to you because it can happen anywhere. And, you know, just how much he loves just me because I had the concept of like, well, God loves everybody. You know, God loved the world. He loves everybody. And He loves everybody. He loves me like He loves everybody else. No. And that was even reiterated to me again today, this morning. I was listening to a sermon. And I shared with you a little bit about God loves us, me, you specifically. Not just like, you know, in the the gate of all the children. Like, well, I love all my children. He loves them specifically. And... That's so awesome. And I think Elisha caught that. And I think he knew his position in that. And even David, I think he realized it. I think he had trouble believing it at times, but I think he grew into it. Maybe the the full circle, you know, of Elijah. Elisha, he kind of tried to be good, and but um, it didn't work. Yes. <laughs> like with us, we can try for so long. But I admire that, and and please, for our listeners' sake, and I I hope that you know this about me well enough to know that I don't say David lightly as if, um, you know, I'm trying to be somebody great. I just look at a person that wants to serve God like I do and will never be Jesus well, my son, and I'm thankful for this, and my son has gone to the place where <laughs> I tease them. We can't excite them like we used to. Uh-huh. They're not so easily wowed. Uh-huh. But the one thing, though, that I do believe is, is uh, something I take great consolation in. I don't want to say pride in because that sounds a little bit like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't go there. But I'm glad that he knows that there's nothing he could say to me or tell me about that he's done that one I would reject him now I may continue to try to encourage him and he's getting old enough now where that really isn't my job anymore mm-hmm. it's God's and with that the Holy Spirit is worth speaking of and God's a better father than I am and he's got all the information he knows the plans for my son he knows all those things 
But he's not afraid of me. He's not afraid to come to me. He's not afraid to come to the throne. He's not seeing me with the intention of judging him and destroying him. Mm -hmm. He's seeing me as wanting, desiring to share his life with me. And then also for me to add or contribute, he trusts me. He believes my motives are not selfish, that I've not harmed him significantly in that way. He trusts me enough that when I say something, he filters it, that I'm human. He's aware of that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he doesn't see me as trying to manipulate him. Mm. He believes that I have only his best interests at heart. But that's how I see God. I have to. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't wrestle with those other parts of me. God, don't you love me? Mm -hmm. Is this what you do to a man, God? You give him sores, you take all his money away, you take his family away, you take his, I guess, respect from him. That's a big right. deal. And here I am, scraping my sores with pot shards or whatever. Uh, and it's still unappealing to me. I mean, I think of me actually, because I want to be careful how I say it, because it could be me. I would still ask that question. But I'm so thankful, though, that I don't ask that question without also knowing. No, that's not God's intention. Right. Now, is he going to take all my sores away? Will I die of cancer? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Will it be a curse upon me? If I know, I don't think so. It's just the human nature, and the curse is that I would even think that. Mm -hmm. It's just the way of the world. If you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the fish he's going to give me is not going to be a fish. It's going to be the food mm -hmm. that he fed the masses with. That's what I am, though. I'm the food. They're going to eat me. <laughs> but he showed you all that stuff. Well, it's, the, it's the Last Supper. I mean, a lot of people, cannibalism? He's going to yeah. eat me? I mean, yeah. what are you talking about? Right. No, you're going to eat me. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to eat me like you're going to eat me and mm -hmm. you're always going to be gru gru gruesome and <laughs> terrible. It might be. But, and maybe I'll get upset with you when you gnaw on me a bit too much, right? Mm -hmm. But that's what I am. I'm the bread of life. I'm not it. It's Christ in me, but right. I am it. Mm -hmm. uh, Elijah wasn't Elisha, but Elisha benefited from Elijah. And in the same way, I'm benefiting from Jesus Christ. Right. And the Holy Spirit is really what it's all about. And I can measure it from the outside and try to sort it all out. It's hopefully we've communicated well enough in the podcast. I don't need to repeat it. But today. But this idea, though, is, is that I just need to trust that it's the Holy Spirit in me. And whatever it is, I need to accept it if it is or as it is of God's will. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pray about that thing. I'm going to wrestle with the angel of the Lord. I might throw my hip out. Yeah. You know, I might. I may protest a bit too much. God may have to reprimand me a bit. But he's never going to give up on me. And hopefully, I thank God again. He's given me common sense. I've inherited common sense, Holy Spirit awareness. Thankfully, I was brought up in church. Thankfully, I knew the word. Thankfully, I did approach the throne with great reverence and respect. But because my son, because he does that with me, then I can afford to be bad. 
Because mm-hmm. I don't have to get his respect. He's already given me his respect. Now I can just be honest with him mm-hmm. and be truthful. And it works so much better because mm-hmm. he's never going to forsake me, never going to abandon me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll leave this world with a double portion. That's so beautiful because uh, when you were describing that relationship with him and how he can approach you, and I was thinking he wasn't born like that. He didn't, he didn't become terrible twos and then just never lie and said he didn't eat the cookie, you know. He, he wasn't born like that. So you've, that relationship that you've built with him pointed to that. It was always pointing to go to that direction. And I just feel like that's just a reflection of our relationship with God. And I I just couldn't help but draw that parallel that God has done that for you and it flows out of you to your children. And you too, Carolyn. And there was a time in your life when you had to be the Old Testament God. You had to be. Time, place, season, development, Mm -hmm. all of that. It was spirit-inspired. You had to be but because you were when you had to be, mm-hmm. then you can be what you are now. It's the prodigal coming home. Mm. It's that idea that it's all part of God's work and yeah. it's a seasonal thing. Yeah. We measure it in human dimensions because we got nothing better, right? Because it's what we are, except we would have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, which is what we're trying to point out today on the podcast. But in that same sort of way, when you begin to understand it in those terms, it doesn't take anything away from the struggle. It doesn't make it easy. You can't just be that. Absolutely. You have to, again, be led of God. But you can understand how you had to go through that Mm -hmm. to get to where you are. Your kids had to go through what they had to go through with you to get to where they are. And in the end, if we're faithful and true to the Holy Spirit and as God would lead us and guide us, the mantle will be passed on. Isn't that what we want? Right. We want to... And so we would want to give to the world. We'd want to be not about preserving us, but we'd want to, out of God showing us how, feeding us, how He's going to take care of us, we could then take care of other people. Mm-hmm. Makes you a better parent, I think, when you begin to understand it that way. Well, and you just explained something that my friend tried to explain to me, but you just... And you didn't know about this, obviously, but I was showing... I was in my Bible... And our friends were coming over, and she saw me, and I was like, well, I was just looking at this. And she said, well, what is it? And I was like, look at all these things. And I, had mar- I marked them with the word LEARN in ca- all capital letters, underlined like twice, asterisk, LEARN, Beatitudes, 23rd Psalm. And I had taken a new converse class when I was 15 when I got saved. And that class just instilled in me the very basics of what I needed in Scripture and, and was just gave me this good, solid foundation. But when I looked at all that, I started having this feeling of um, like disappointment in myself, like this grief. And why wasn't I studying like that now? Why wasn't I craving God's Word now? Why wasn't I, you know, learn? And big exclamation points. And she said, Carolyn, and she's so perceptive. She was like, that was you when you were first learning about God and you were still in religion. She's like, you can't go back and look at that and compare and say, that's who I want to be. She was like, because all that led you to be who you are today. Mm-hmm. 
And I never put that together. Mm. I just saw that as like, almost like shame, you know. Why, why, why was I so fixed on God's Word and now look at me, you know. And she was like, without all that, you wouldn't be the person and who you are today. And it took me a minute. But when you said that, it just clicked and kind of made sense to me that at one point in one season, I was in the Old Testament. And I think we have to live yes. the balance. I mean, well, we God wants us to read. It. Right. We yes. can't just pitch it. Study. Right. Understand. But I mean, we can't, yes, but we can't pitch the whole idea of just, you know, I can't just live 100%, like speak the truth in love. I can't just be in love or I can't just speak the truth. I have to do both. It has mm-hmm. to be the Old and New Testament put together. But it's just a culmination. It's just really fascinating how God can use His Word and the Holy Spirit to sort of transform us, yet keep us all at the same time. It's like a paradox. Yes. So it Well, just... and that's what I think a lot of people who unfortunately are not quite there yet, they see how those two worlds can't coincide. Mm-hmm. And so they do what I guess the human nature would be to, to do would be to look at it binary or dichotomously. Mm-hmm. And then for the sake of integrity, you have to pick one over the other. Right. They're not mature enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seasoned enough. They've mm-hmm. not allowed the Holy Spirit to bring supernatural dimension of maturity, mm-hmm. common sense, all of that, to the place where they can understand. That and that's it's, okay. It's not going to be understandable because right. it's not going to make sense. Right. But right. you operate out of the Spirit. And the virtue and the character is to always respect God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the Old Testament. That's why we can't pitch the Old Testament. We can't just do away with that and be like, well, I don't want to live there anymore. That doesn't work like that. <laughs> yes. So this is, not only for the podcast, broadcast, this is what we do when we counsel, mm-hmm. Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. When we minister, pastoral care, covenant specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry, this is what we do. And when folks come in, this is all going on. Yeah, some of it we think of. I mean, we formulate things, right? You understand things and you learned about people and you can understand maybe more out of a human dimension where they are, but more than even a human dimension where they are in their own maturity, their spiritual relationship with God. You trust the Holy Spirit because more than anything, He's brought all of your intellect and knowledge, all your learning, all your experience, all your education, and combined it with the unction of the Holy Spirit or sprinkled it with the Holy Spirit to the extent or degree that a little leaven, eleven the whole loaf. He's taken all of that and rightly set you aside as a chosen vessel so that he might then operate through you mm-hmm. right. to accomplish that end. So it is you. You're doing some of that. You're mm-hmm. trained in that. That's an educational thing. But it's more you know how to allow the Holy Spirit to bring a discernment to you so that the person you're ministering to, you know what to say. You know where they're at. You understand empathy. That's the Holy Spirit. That's it. Because otherwise, we couldn't do anything. We'd be Elijah on the mountaintop saying, God, I've done all this stuff and I still failed. You can bring down lightning and just burn them. Yes. (laughs) Because I can call out lightning right now and just take care of that problem for you, God, like he needs our help. (laughs) 
But when people, I do want to encourage our listeners or uh, assure our listeners, when they reach out to you, Carolyn, what are they going to find? A listening ear, understanding, and no judgment. And most of all, compassion and hopefully, I say this and I don't want it to come across the wrong way, but mostly I would love for them to just see God's love. That's my main goal. That's to love God and love people. That's my two main goals in life. And I do love people, but, you know, how I let the Holy Spirit work in me differs for each person because each person has different needs and where they're at on their walk and journey and and what they um, are looking for. But just to be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to allow that to come through to me, through me to them in a way that's helpful so that they can receive the help that they need. Well, perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love because God first loved us. Mm-hmm. But even as He's loved us, and He's been, again, a good parent, He's taught us discipline so that we might not only respect Him, but learn to respect ourselves and the right order of things. But besides that, He's taught us how to then, in that respect, to allow the Holy Spirit, the perfect, the perfection of the love, to demonstrate the importance of grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. And with that, how, <laughs> besides the fact that I'd want to be perfect, how I never will be. Right. Been there, done that. Right. And that I would never put that mantle on anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And we, we yoke up with him. But we do that because we can't do that of ourselves. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we can't even do that out of an appreciation for the Word or the fruit of the Spirit mm-hmm. or, as you were talking about writing in your Bible, learn. Yeah, yeah the virtues, uh, the yeah. Ten Commandments. You right. can't even do that if you're only doing that out of uh, some sort of intellectual appreciation mm-hmm. or understanding. Mm-hmm. It comes not without that. But that just lets you know the ballpark so that once you get in there, you, all of a sudden you begin to discover. Once you get that in your heart, your human soul, mm-hmm. your human dimension, then all of a sudden you begin to realize, hey, there's a well inside of me that's of f- f- springing forth with living water. Mm-hmm. And I just have to realize all that stuff was so my brain would not reject what otherwise now my heart's telling me I should do. But when you allow then the heart to lead, the two worlds go right fit rightly together. Mm-hmm. It's perfect love. It's complete. Right. It's not just the discipline, although that can be perfect if you're talking to somebody who just needs to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit will give you that discernment too. You know it when your kids mm-hmm. just need to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you always do that with the fuller appreciation of what this is leading to and therein. Christ perfects us. The Holy Spirit perfects us. He brings us all the fruits of the Spirit as with that perfect love Mm -hmm. to the place of being able to minister. And you know, I'm again not the smartest guy in the world. I only say that because I realize how dumb I am sometimes. But I don't think, and some of the dumb things that come out of my mouth, I don't think that there's a person that I can't minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to. I just don't know that I'm the person that God's called to finish the work or what part I play in ministering Mm -hmm. the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that there obviously are going to be multiple people. The planners, the waterers. Testimonies, yes. 
that's going to testify to, that's going to share. And it is a lifetime pursuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not something you get saved right. immediately when you accept Jesus Lord and Savior, but the actual uh, sanctification. You're consecrated in that, but the sanctification it's in the ongoing. human dimension is an ongoing work, mm-hmm. right? But again, for the love of Christ, God's mercy, grace, uh, He's given us salvation, we can make it. We can get through mm-hmm. all that. But I do think, though, that I, anybody come to see me, I laugh because this sounds preposterous. I can help them. I don't know that I can fix them. I don't know that I can finish the entirety of the work. But I know that I've got a part to play if God sent them my way. And I am not in the least bit scared of mm-hmm. a person coming to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Was it Elisha that... Um met the Ethiopian on the road that had pulled over. I kind of picture it in my mind. He pulled over in his car Chari- or wagon. Chariot. Chariot, thank you. Uh, and was struggling to read the scriptures. I can't remember what he, he says, was reading, Isaiah. I, yeah, I, I don't have a man to teach me. Yeah, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? It's talk about salvation. And then he went over this scripture. I think it, the scripture says he went through the whole narrative of, mm-hmm. of salvation. Salvation. But he got it that day. Mm-hmm. And that was that was was it Elisha? I think, Elijah? It was. I, I think it was. And I think he just disappeared. Yeah. And so when you were saying that about what part, sometimes we're just telling it to somebody and then they're going to disappear. Sometimes we're like Paul or saying, you know, what's the contrast to that? And then he preaches this great sermon, or not Paul, excuse me, Peter, and then all these thousands of people get saved. Yes. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's just sharing yes. Scripture. And you don't, you can't orchestrate the moment. And right. I don't want our listeners to think that that's what we're trying to sell them, is that this is a well-orchestrated sort of moment. It's a staged kind of a thing. No. We have all this scripted. No. But what we can say, though, is, is that there will be a moment. There always is, and it's not a singular moment. And the more you begin to recognize the moment, the more you begin to realize that you can be in prayer mm-hmm. without ceasing. You can walk in that. It's hard because there's always going to be a distraction, right? right? There's always going to be something going on in the material Mm -hmm. world that's going to capture your attention and going to take you away from that. Yes. But it's a moment, and it may be the moment, as with great profundity, (laughs) profound, I don't know what the word is. Profoundness. Profoundness. (laughs) Is that a word? But it could also be, as you said, it's no less profound. It just may not seem, maybe it's just the drama. It does not seem so dramatic. But that story was in the Bible for a reason. Yeah. It's just a little small thing. But why did he not leave it out? Because it was profound. It was profound to that man that day. Oh, yes. And it was an appointed time. And that was intention for him. Exactly. So we can't really put, like, what's important was and you said that moment there is going to be a moment and you think well my story isn't dramatic or I don't have you know I'm not a drug addict or whatever that doesn't really matter because God still wants you a relationship with you and there's going to be a moment when you have to decide do I want a relationship with him and what is that going to look like but that's all questions we all have to sort of face and and I'm hoping because truthfully we really do not know how long we're going to be on the air I just need to say that right? because it takes money. <laughs> I'm not going to ask for money. I don't want people to send me money. No. But at the same time, though, we hope that the moments that people are spending with us, that they mm-hmm. realize we may not be here tomorrow. You can always catch us on the podcast. But we may not be here tomorrow on the air. 
but it's a moment mm-hmm. and you're part of it. Mm-hmm. And if that's all we do, maybe it's dramatic, maybe it's maybe not so dramatic, right. but it's all significant. Carolyn, real quickly, don't have to go like real fast. You got about three or four moments, <laughs> minutes. Tell our listeners how to get a hold of us. Okay. The, Should they want to? Yes. And we hope you want to. <laughs> Because I want to hear from you. I would love to. That would be so awesome to talk with somebody that said they listen to us and give some feedback and just to know that um, we've made a difference or touched somebody's life or impacted somebody. Of course, we're not doing it for that reason, but um, it is encouraging to hear positive stories. Uh, The easiest way would be just to give us a call at Covenants at 304-528-9220. That's 304-528-9220. Or you can look us up if you're in the more modern version (laughs) of technology, looking up social media on Facebook. Go to Covenants. And you can also find a link to our podcast there. And we would love to see you, you know, touch base with us there, leave a comment or a like. And then you can also go online. You can go to our website, covenantsonline.org or covenantschristiancounseling.com. And should you not want to do any of those things, <laughs> at least come back next week. Yes. Because we're going to try to do sure. more of the same. I don't know if we'll talk about Elijah or Alicia, but we will certainly do everything we can to Am translate. Am I supposed to say Alicia or Elisha? I'm confused by that. Well, you just have to ask around. <laughs> but I do not have to remind our listeners anymore, though, that they're listening to Covenants. I will. Uh, sponsored by, co-sponsored by Wordhouse Incorporated, Focus Consultation Services, Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay, and with me throughout the podcasts, there has been and will continue to be Carolyn Barnett. The one and the only. (laughs) We do sincerely hope, though, that you will choose to join us again next week. And until then, have a blessed week.